Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. Hello, it's a rainy day here in Nashville. I just got the cutest pictures though. I mean, I just showed them to you. My kids are on a rain walk right now. So, so cute. If, if the house is quiet, but if you do hear a kitty meowing, it's because we got a kitty. How, please tell me, how, how has the kitty-ness been going in the house? It's actually been fantastic. It was so cute. I surprised Bella, which I should have put this video on, on Instagram, but I don't know. Life, you know, life happens. <laughs> um, but uh, she, I let her open her like packages for her birthday. She turned four. And then I had some extra packages like in the, in the back room. And I was like, okay, you want to come over here and open these now? And she's like, oh, there's more. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, well, there are a hint about what we're doing today. And so she opens it and it was like, what was that? Like a part of the, the litter box or something. And she like saw the picture of the kitty and she's like, I don't, it's like, she did not get it. And I was like, we're getting a kitty. <laughs> and she was like, what? And she was Aww. like, no way. And she was so excited. Um, and I was excited that she was excited because that morning <laughs> Evan had called and he was bringing her back. Um, and we had a little bit of a time discrepancy because the store he was taking to her to like didn't open and then I needed to get somewhere. So we were trying to figure out what was going on. And he was like, what, you know, what do you have planned today? And I was like, well, we're going to get a cat today. And he was like, oh my God, you're on speakerphone. And so I thought I was going to like die a slow death that morning. I was so oh, sad. No. So I was like, did my whole thing just get ruined by this speakerphone phone call, which was not his fault. It just like was one of those things. But luckily she didn't hear it. So she was still really excited. But we took her to this cat. It's called like a cat cafe, but you can adopt all the cats in there. So you can just pay to go play with cats or you can like adopt one. It's so cool. It's really cool. There were so many different cats, like old cats, young cats, all, all different shapes, sizes, colors, all the things. And, um, you know, she, we tried like a bunch of different cats on the kids. Cause you know, cats are finicky sometimes anyway, but, um, you know, she pet like a few of them and some ran away and some would like sit in her lap, but just like, would just sit there and like, not even like interact. And I always said, I was like, we're not getting a kitten. Like whatever we do, we're not getting a kitten. And of course, you know, we end up getting a kitten, <laughs> but, um, he was like the only one that really interacted with us well. And he was playful, but he was still gentle. And um, he's been the best. Like Huck and Huck is my dog. And uh, when we brought the cat home, Huck was like a little weird that night. Obviously, like they were trying to kind of get at each other. And now they're just totally fine with each other. Like it took not even a night for them to be fine. Wow, That's um, great. Yeah, so the only time Huck gets mad is when he thinks the cat's trying to get his food, so he gets a little mad, but he's been <laughs> – he's so gentle with the kids. Like, he's still playful because he's a kitten. He's five months old, but um, I just told the cat – like, the kids, like, hey, when he starts, like, kind of, you know, like, whacking his paw at you, just go get a toy, and then, you know, we have those, like, ribbon things or whatever, and, and now they know, like, oh, he's getting too playful, now we have to play with him, so – they're not so mad when he's trying to like, you know, bite at him or claw at him or something. They know that like, oh, we need to actually play with the cat, which is cool. And the cat lets him carry him everywhere. I mean, he's, he's just the greatest cat. Although he is, he was having like, he was totally fine with this litter box and now he's pooping on the floor. So I don't know what changed. <laughs> oh no. I know. It's been totally fine in the past two days. I'm like, what's happening now? 
I'm telling you, you need to make the cat learn how to poop in the toilet. Oh my, I told Bella that. I was like, Bella, do you know these cats that poop in the toilet? And she's like, what? How do we do that? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> no, either. I have no idea how you teach them, but I know it's a thing. But it's, re- I mean, it's really nice. We haven't, I mean, I haven't had a cat around in forever and it's just really nice. Like, I mean, I like the kids are obviously gone for longer weekends and I'm almost like there's part of me that I am so sad when they go, but I'm like, oh, now I'll have an extra buddy <laughs> and like Huck yeah. will have an extra buddy. And it kind of makes me happy that I have like somebody else around to hang out, which is like kind of sad because it's a cat, but that's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, but like animal companions are so healing and there is yeah. scientific facts. Like there's like, you know, that the animals can be, um, just like comfort and healing for humans. Yeah. So I feel that I mean, way with this cat. Yeah. I feel like he was like supposed to be in our family, even like for Aww. the kids, like they get up, they're so excited to like, he sleeps in the front room and then, you know, we hear him meowing in the morning and the kids are like, Oh, I get to let him out, you know? And they're so excited and it's just, it's been really great. It really has. Like I was pretty nervous about it. Just thinking, That's Oh so gosh, great. you know, an extra animal, like how's this going to go? And it's been just so great like I'm I'm I I feel like my gut knew it was the right decision even though I was having anxiety about it (laughs) no that's so good Emmy uh, has been asking it's funny it must just be this age but she's been asking us for a cat for a while but there's this like no way like we could take on that responsibility right now so yeah sorry Emmy (laughs) maybe we'll try to find a cat cafe cafe Yeah, go to a cat cafe. I mean, it was so much fun. Like even just like for a date, if someone's looking for a fun date, look up like a cat cafe and see that there's one. Because I saw people in there that just like went in there to pet cats and play with cats. Yeah, I was also just very healing and fun. So do you actually can you like drink coffee and stuff at these things? Like you actually sit down and you have or is it just called a cafe to be cute? I think it's called a cafe to be cute. But I mean, I'm sure you could probably, yeah, maybe you could bring a coffee in. I don't think you could bring like wine in. That would be a place I'd go. (laughs) (laughs) Drink wine and play with cats. I am so in. I should open one of those. Um, There you go. That's your next big thing. That's my next venture. Um, Speaking of good energy, though. uh, So today we're going to have a yoga and meditation teacher named Rosie. She is the coolest. I've been looking at all of her. Her website's amazing. She has videos on YouTube. She is so, when you just see her talk, you can just like feel, I don't know, you feel the grounded coolness of Rosie. She also um, gives me, and I don't know how she would take this, but I'm obsessed with JLo and she gives me JLo vibes. But I'm so excited because I feel like, uh, I forgot to tell you this, but the other day um, when I was at, I went to that wedding and I had, the DJ came up to me and he was like, I just want you to know um, my wife listened to your podcast the other day and she said it changed her life. And I was like, what? And he goes, and then she had me listen. And, um, and it was when we were talking about healing your inner child. And she said Mm. she'd never thought about that before. And she's never introduced to that before. And it made me feel really good. (laughs) And I feel like um, I'm super excited to talk to Rosie today because I feel like she is going to bring us a lot of that same healing energy and tell us how to get in touch with our inner self. And I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like we all need more of that. And I'm excited that we have been delving into 
things that we haven't really talked about before and um, not just leaning so much into like sleep training your child, which we will do like, but I like, I like this new little area we're going into. It makes me feel good and it's obviously making other people feel good. Yeah. I do feel like we are diving a little bit more into the deeper sides of motherhood and the deeper sides of ourselves, you know, like Mm -hmm. things that we haven't really Because you and I were, we were both just so deep into the newborn stage. And now that we're both kind of getting out of that, we are rediscovering ourselves. And I feel like that's kind of our personal journey. So I love that it's resonating with our listeners. Um, Me too. Yeah. Rosie Acosta, she's studied yoga and mindfulness for more than 20 years and has traveled all over the world leading workshops, retreats and yoga teacher training sessions. She also hosts a weekly wellness podcast called Radically Loved, which I'm excited to hear about. And she's going to join us now to teach us how to live a radically loved life. But why don't we take a break real quick and then we'll bring her on. Rosie, thank you so, so much for being here with us today. Can you first um, talk to us about your own journey into yoga and wellness and how this became like the definitive life path for you? Oh, man. I'm like, how long do we have? (laughs) I could give you the quick Cliff's notes or I can really dig deep. So I mean, let's do a little bit of both. Okay, I'll maybe try and create it uh, a little bit more maybe of a concise story. But first of all, thank you both so much for uh, having me. I really have been enjoying the show. And I'm just like, this is not just like a mommy show. This is for everyone, you know? Yeah. It's so good. Okay. So to answer your question, I... I grew up in East LA during the LA riots in this really chaotic environment. There was a lot of gang violence. There was a lot of... Um, just chaotic experiencing. And I got really traumatized as a child from seeing and living through it. And by the time I was a teenager, I was struggling with debilitating panic attacks. Later, obviously, we found out that they're just um, sort of the ramifications of PTSD, right? Of having this chaotic upbringing. The, The interesting thing is, because it was so common and you're in an environment where everybody's having the same experience, you don't really know that there's any better. You just think this is just the way life is. Everyone's around the same types of uh, neighborhoods and this is just how, how it is. So I was a teenager. I was going through that rebellious phase that everybody goes through and I ended up getting in trouble with the law a handful of times. Um, the third time I got arrested actually was for trying to steal a police vehicle. Ooh. And, oh my God. <laughs> and you, ch- you chose wisely. <laughs> yeah. So my yoga meditation just sound a little bit more chill than becoming a lifelong criminal. So I'd say, um, it took a little bit more than that, but I was just really going through it and I I didn't want to go to jail and I didn't want to live the life that so many people I knew were living. And I was having these really intense panic attacks where I was agoraphobic. I would 
I wouldn't want to leave my house because I was deathly afraid, of course, understandably so, right? Because just of the environment that we were in. And and then if I were to leave my house, I would get to school and then I would be deathly afraid of leaving school and going home. So I'd be mm-hmm. just, I wouldn't want to leave school and I would stay there until it was really late and my parents would get get out of work or something for somebody to come pick me up because I just didn't want to leave. Um, so my mom ended up coming home one day with these pamphlets of um, the Self-Realization Fellowship, which if you're familiar in LA, it was this um, sort of like philosophy, spiritual movement that was brought to the West by this famous guru called Paramansa Yogananda in the thirties. And there's all these little self-realization fellowship temples in LA. I'm there all over the world. But at the time my mom worked right across this, the street ish from the one in Hollywood. And so somebody that she worked with said, your daughter should try meditation. It really helps with stress and anxiety. She should give it a try. And she came home and and left the ta- the pamphlets in on the bed because that's how we communicated with notes and stuff because we had such a, conti- a contentious relationship because I was such a bad child, you know. I mean, I'm sure you guys have gone through the experience of being rebellious. Oh, yeah. Yes. So doing as we do, uh, I ended up going through this pamphlet and I was really into new agey things at the time, like horoscopes yeah. and, yeah, you know, learning about, I had, I was like a huge fan of the craft, the movie, the craft. So I was anything that was new agey, I was all about, and this felt very new agey to me. And so yeah. I decided to <laughs> ditch. So my way of really grounding myself was to ditch school and take the bus out to Santa Monica or Venice Beach. That was my time for to myself, right? Like I need to go think, so I need to ditch school so I can have some self-care time, right? Which I kind of like it. Right. (laughs) I think it's hilarious to think back now. I'm like, man, ever since I was a kid, I I understood the importance of self-care and setting boundaries, right? I'm like, boundary school causes stress. Therefore, I need to not go and have a day. So I did that and and I ended up going to the Self-Realization Fellowship and had this incredible, I guess I could call it now a spiritual awakening moment where mm-hmm. I go into this temple and and I'm seeing people walk around with smiles on their faces. And I was always so suspicious of people and everybody was so nice. And I thought it was so weird. I'm like, this is like a cult. This is very strange, mm-hmm. but I kind of like it. Um, <laughs> So I ended up going into the main lecture hall and I sat down and there was this English woman giving a talk or a lecture about how we're responsible for our own happiness and how we have the power to change our lives and we have an ability to create a mind, body and spirit connection. She was just saying really cool things as I was sitting there waiting for the guy or the person who was coming in to teach this class. And after a while, I realized that she was the guy, the guy, right? I'm like, oh, no, this is her. She's the person. And Uh so there was a lot of things that opened up in me in that moment, right? Coming from a, I'm first-gen Mexican-American, so I I come from a very 
matriarchal household. It was like my little abuelita and my aunts and my mom, very strong women. And so this felt very at home to me. Mm -hmm. And towards the end of the lecture, she had everybody close their eyes as she was going to guide through meditation. And I had an issue with closing my eyes because it was very scary to me to be in this environment that I didn't know. And so I tried to just sit there and listen. And as she began to guide this meditation, she was inviting us to tune into our body and to pay attention to our breath. And that was the first time I had ever felt myself, like my body, like somebody said, oh, feel your breath. Because if you think about it, if you're in an environment, for me, obviously learning about trauma now, yeah, but there's so much disassociation that happens when you experience trauma at a young age, right? You're, so I'm I'm used to having this disassociation to my physical form, constantly in a hyper state of vigilance. So this was the first time in my entire life that I felt what my body was and who I was, and thinking, oh, who is this person in my head? Like, what is this experience? Mm-hmm. And it was the first time up until that point, my first 15 years of being alive, that I was able to just relax and feel whatever was happening in my body. And I know it's not this, you know, ecstatic spiritual awakening, but to me, that's what it was. It was this realization that there is something, there's some force here. There is some grounding ability within myself where I it was the first time I'd ever felt safe in my body. And, and I wasn't thinking about that hypervigilant fear of my safety. And, and that was it. That's what did it after that. I just dove deep into all things, mindfulness, meditation. I was learning all the Eastern religions. I was learning Christian. I was reading like everything, the Bible. I was reading Buddhism. I was reading just like every spiritual text I could because I wanted to understand what was happening. And I always say I'm a recovering Catholic. This was part of my I am background. too. Oh, you are? Okay, good. <laughs> yes. so you understand, right? There's yeah. this, um, my initial introduction to spirituality was do as you're told or bad things are going to happen. 100%. And so I had this you have this cognitive dissonance when you think, oh, but why are all these bad things happening to all these really nice people? Like, why is there mm-hmm. so the descriptions of hell and the chaos, right? And I'm like, I live in LA. Like, this feels like hell. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was very much that understanding that what I was being told and what I was experiencing weren't correlating correctly. So that was sort of where I started to pull away from Catholicism and having still having this faith in God. I've, I've always believed that there was this greater power, but not really being in alignment with what Catholicism was teaching. And so I think that desire, that search for connection is what stoked the the desire to learn what other people believed and what Mm -hmm. other people said about having these really deep spiritual experiences. So 
that's what opened the door. And many years later, I, I actually, so I learned yogic philosophy first before I actually got into the physical practice of yoga, which is really cool because by the time I learned the physical forms, I think had it been the opposite for me personally, because I was not a body person. I, I didn't, mm -hmm. I was never comfortable in my body. I was always disassociated from my body. I don't know that it would have resonated the same. I know that for some people, they did the physical first and then something started to open up within them. And that's what created that pathway. But for me, it was the opposite. And, and I'm grateful that that's the way it happened because I don't know that I would have created a life learning and then becoming a teacher and, and building an entire, you know, career out of it. Can you explain that a little bit? Because I think a lot of people think that yoga is just like an exercise. Like, yeah. I think they don't understand that there's a whole connection spiritually and everything to the act of yoga. Yeah, it is. a. It's very much a spiritual practice. And the word yoga stems from the root word, the Sanskrit word yuj, Y-U-J, which means to yoke. And the idea is that it it means union. So it's the union, mind, body, spirit connection. And so the physical form is only a small component of it, right? The body, but you need the mind and you need spirit as well. So the physical form of yoga from the yogi's perspective is that we do the physical forms in order to exercise the body, to move any tension, to create the space for your sitting practice, your meditation practice. So the whole reason why we move, and you can think about it in terms, if you don't practice physical yoga, think about it in terms of running or doing a, a hit workout or doing any type of movement, really. Um, yoga doesn't mean you have to have... Uh, you have to be like this dexterous person that can do all these flowery movements. It just has to do with your ability to be still and to be at peace within yourself. So I think that a lot of the times people think that, oh, I'm not bendy, so I can't do yoga. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. one of my teachers always says, if you can breathe, you can do yoga. Like, that's really the barometer that's the the sort of like baseline if you can breathe you're absolutely great and and you can absolutely practice yoga so yeah i mean i think that there man there's so much more to to go into explaining the sort of foundational belief systems of yoga and and i i mean i can get deep or i can just leave it at that um i have a question so I do feel like I personally relate to you in a lot of ways of the dissociation from our bodies in order to survive trauma, especially as children and the ability to sit still, I think in your body, for those of us who aren't used to it being a safe space is so hard. Yes. What, what is your tip for somebody who may be wanting to learn more about meditation or yoga? but their bodies still don't feel like a safe space. How do you, how do you like ease yourself into that? Yeah. What a great question, Jade. This is one of the main things that I always get asked, especially having had the experience of 
not being a person that can sit still. I'm a fidgety person. And so if I think about it in terms of, man, I'm like the fidget, fidget, how do you say it? Fidgiest. I'm like, fidgetiest person I know. And if I can sit for hours and hours, at this point, hours and hours, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you have to start from somewhere, right? So always remember that small steps are big wins. Little, if you can be still for even 60 seconds. And sometimes I, I always recommend for people to not necessarily start with stillness. I always recommend moving before you sit and do your practice. Maybe your practice starts as just a walking meditation. And that is maybe you're listening to a podcast and you just don't, you're not listening to a podcast simultaneously scrolling on Instagram. It's you're listening to something, you're committing to whatever that something is, and you're just going for a walk and taking in your surroundings and breathing and just relaxing. And then maybe after that walk, you can sit down for one to three minutes and just be as still as you can. For fidgety people, I always recommend holding something. That's how I started. So holding either like a crystal or or it, it could be a, a teacup or a coffee cup, just having something that your hands can hold and have that tan- tactile experience really begins to help set that um, baseline, that homeostasis in your body that you want to achieve in order for you to be able to sit still for a longer period of time. But just like everything else, it requires practice. You've spent most of your life being a fidgety person or not feeling safe in your body. So you've created that deep groove within your neurological pathway. So in order to begin to create a new neurological pathway, it's going to take a while, you know, it's going to take a handful of times to start to practice feeling good in your body, feeling grounded in your body, feeling safe in your body. But everybody has the creative capacity to do that. Yeah. Um, I do a hypnotherapy. Um, it's like, it's like an hour and a half, uh, audio that I listen to every once in a while. And, um, one of the things that they do when they're, they're the lady who's speaking, who's guiding it, who tries to get you to slow down in your thoughts, like all your anxiety and rushing thoughts, you know, like when, sometimes when I try to meditate all, all of a sudden, like, it's almost like hyper anxiety because I'm, that's the opposite. But they talk about, imagine all your thoughts on a carousel and it's spinning and it's going and you're watching them. So you're watching from almost like a, a, a like a third person view and imagine that there's spaces in between the thoughts and just to focus not on the thoughts, not but on the spaces in between. And I thought that was just really interesting, but that's one of the things they do when they um, get you, um, like your heart rate slowing down and get you into the, into the hypnotherapy. Yes. No, I love that. I've done hypnotherapy. I've done every form of therapy there is because I'm just one of those types of people, you know, I want to try all of it. And I, and I love to, to see what works. And I, I like that. That's really a great example. I, I personally love to guide the thoughts as clouds, like either quick clouds moving through And then if you close your eyes and you start to visualize clouds moving and then begin to see them slow down and as they slow down, your thoughts slow down and all of a sudden it creates this 
really Ooh. deep calming experience. I feel that calmness. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you relax, then you relax your shoulders, you relax your throat. And then all of a sudden this spontaneous deep breath comes in. And that's one of those new neurological pathways that you're establishing in your body. Just anytime you remember, okay, set a timer on your phone. Okay. Thoughts are like clouds, slow them down. Like that's all you just continue to do. Thoughts are like clouds, slow them down. And then mm. you can start to feel the the effects of that physiologically. And yeah, I think all of those, um, all of those types of tips are so helpful because I I feel like the more we do things that are practical and that feel like we can get them into our schedule, the more apt we are to do them. Just like Jade was saying with she got a little bit cut off, but I, I, I'm, I was gathering that what she was saying is that when we're doing meditation for those of us that like to do things, I'm going to do air quotes, right. Um, you have now that added pressure of, oh, I want to make sure I'm doing this right. And then you're, you're creating more stress because you're worried. And then the worried thoughts begin to perpetuate and it's just creating more anxiety as opposed sure. to, really setting the bar low and allowing your practice to be your practice, whatever that may be, and celebrate those small wins. The whole purpose of it is for your body to be in a relaxed state, right? To be in the state of homeostasis, to be in the state of that equilibrium, to allow your body, a body at rest will heal, right? And then a body giving, giving a body at rest, given the opportunity will begin to heal itself by itself. So that's ultimately where we want to get to, to a place where all of the tension, all of the anxiety, all of the worry begins to fall away. And it creates an opportunity for us to be fully in the present moment. So for the moms out there that are have never practiced yoga that have never done any type of meditation that just feel like their life is filled with stress and they don't have time. Yeah. And like, where would you say, like, where do you, where do you start? Where can they begin where they don't feel such pressure to, you know, take hours of their time that they feel like they don't have and, and work this in? Like, where, how do you, how do you start small? How do you do it? <laughs> oh, well, first of all, to every single mom out there, you're doing a great job. First of all, that's so nice. Yeah. Like that first and foremost, you're doing amazing already. So remind yourself of that as many times as you can. And remember that anytime you want to integrate a new practice for yourself, because I know a lot of my friends that are new moms and and that have been moms there I have such a special place for them because it is so hard and I'm not a mom yet but I do hopefully I will one day soon um it is so much work it's so much work already and not only are you responsible for these little beings in the world but you're also responsible for the little being within yourself and 100% right so self care yes so remind yeah. yourself that you're still that inner child within you is she's still very much there. Do not ignore her just like you wouldn't ignore your own child. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Right. She needs your attention. And so one of the practices that I love to give my my mommy friends is even set just five minutes 
just five minutes right before you're going to shower or maybe right after you shower, right before you go to bed or right when you wake up, there's 1,440 minutes in the day. You can take five of those to do this for yourself. Five is doable. Right? And and all you need to do is to close your eyes or, or keep your eyes with the soft gaze and visualize your own child self, that little you. And just sit there and, and imagine yourself holding yourself or holding holding your own little hand or just mm. kind of creating this relaxation sensation. Like what would you tell that inner child self to calm down, to feel nourished, to feel cared for? You know, and this could go both, you know, for our inner for men and women, right? For everybody across yeah, the board. Sure. It's like that inner child, that little child that we once were is still very much a part of us. And I think that when we're able to, especially for parents, if we frame it that way, because most parents want to do their best for their child, but oftentimes they put their own needs aside because they're more concerned about being a caretaker to everybody else. 100%. Yes. So remember that your own child self needs to also be cared for and nourished and loved and, and given compassion and given the patience and and do your do your best. I mean that's really all you can do. I love doing this meditation where you just ask yourself the question, how is my heart today or how am I mm. feeling today? Like when was the last time for you both that you asked yourself Oof. how you were? It's, it's been, been a while. Yeah, probably a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, now I'm I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not <laughs> I'm like a seven. <laughs> I'm like, um, we're going, we're going deep today. I'm yeah, like, we are can, going deep. Today. You know, we can really, it, it can be very emotional for, for people, you know, and I think we, we just forget we, we get busy with life and, and it's okay. And that's the other thing is parents put so much pressure on themselves constantly to be all things to all people, but yes, we all sure. have a bandwidth. And it's important to give ourselves the, the space and time to, to care for ourselves. Yeah. Um, you also write about three things we all need to begin a spiritual quest. I feel like that'd be a really great way to leave our listeners with something. Can you talk about that? Yes. Oh, it's like one of my favorite things. Um, we have to all have a desire, right, to to have a spiritual practice. There has to be a desire to inquire within. Um, The second is to know that it's just not always going to be easy and and that's okay. Um, And to accept the fact that you'll do your best and sometimes it's not going to satisfy you, but that's still okay. Um, To give yourself the, the opportunity for having to start over, you know, that beginning of the week thing that we do with, I think about like food, right? Cause I'm like a sugar addict when I have like a bad weekend, I'll start on Monday and it's going to be fine. And that is absolutely fine. But the, the trick then is to start on Monday and not beat yourself up over it. Mm. Just like Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be upset at your child if they 
said they were going to do something and they didn't do it, you're not going to berate your child over and over. Right. But why don't right. we do that to ourselves? So your spiritual practice, the journey to self-inquiry and to self-healing always begins with a kind and compassionate heart. So the mm-hmm. third being to find a guide, find a teacher in your life, find a wise teacher, uh, a mentor, somebody that essentially can be there as support that can hold your hand along the way. Uh, it can be yourself, you know, if you really have that strong relationship with your your inner self to guide yourself. I think that's great, but I, I've never had that <laughs> within myself. <laughs> So I, I always look for teachers or, or authors or, or why pre, you know, just people in my life that have lived through something similar that I can look to just to make myself feel better about them surviving, right? Like, oh, they made it through. That means that I can do it too. And sometimes like in yoga or, or the Sanskrit word guru means uh, the bringer of light, that which takes you from the darkness and into the light. That's mm-hmm. what a guru is. And so ultimately, the guru we want to find is the one within. But sometimes mm-hmm. we need to have that external help from someone else who's light is just a little bit further along the path than yours. Maybe their yeah. lantern is just a few steps ahead and it's always nice to follow behind somebody who's breaking that path for us. So those are the three things. Oh, that's yeah. Beautiful. I love that. really great bridge into, cause I want to talk to this before we let you go, but about your website, it's called radically loved. And I just wanted to um, let everybody know about it. So if you wanted to talk about that too. Yeah. So I started, this is so, this is my favorite thing, right? Because radically loved, which is the same, my book is called you are radically loved. And my website, when I first started it back in 2012, was somebody had asked me, like, how did you get here? Like, what happened yeah. in your life? Like, what what changed? And when I stopped to really think about it was I, I got to that unwavering faith place. And how mm. did I get there? I, I just really believed that the universe was looking out for me. There's no other way. There were so many situations that I was in my life. And I'm sure you guys have similar experiences where I'm like, I shouldn't be here. Like that could have gone way wrong. You know, there were so many, there, those moments, those God shot moments were proof enough for me to know that I was radically loved and radically supported. There was Mm. no other way of explaining it. And so, yeah, I wanted to create a place for people to feel that as well because I I decided to become a yoga and meditation teacher. That was my way of bringing these teachings to people like the people I grew up with, right? So I was trying to find a way to bring this and not just, oh, this is just yoga and meditation. I'm like, no, this is a whole experience. Being radically loved is something that we need to find within ourselves. We need to feel it. I can tell you and I can give you tips and I can give you a list, but at the end of the day, you're the one that has to step through that threshold, not me. For sure. Right? So I I felt that radically loved encompassed all of those things that I wanted to to teach and give and, and it felt 
true and right for me. And so, so that's, that's how it started. And, and then it just took off, I guess. I mean, it's still hard for me to even believe it, but here we are. So can you tell us a little bit about your book? Yes. Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> this is so hard for me because I'm just obviously it's my it's my not obviously it is my first book. It's so um, exciting. Yeah, it is. It's really surreal. Um, it's called You Erratically Loved, A Healing Journey to Self-Love. And my goal, my dream was to create a a toolkit of sorts, kind of like mm. a write your own journey with a little bit of my narrative in there. And I, I talk about a lot of the stuff we talked about today are in the book. Um, but I wanted to create a template for people to write their own stories. So the book is broken up in three p- parts. It's mind, body, and spirit. And oh, so the yes. first, yeah, the first part of the book, uh, there's at the end, there's chapter takeaways and there's some really great probing questions for you to start your own self-inquiry for you to start your own path to uncover what lies beneath the surface what is exactly that you want to create more of in your life what are your biggest accomplishments how do you feel supported what do you want your life to be like and then there's the body portion of the book where there are some physical types of experience exercises Hmm. and then the third part it's more contemplative it allows you the opportunity to really stop and create that space for yourself. What is your, the book is about spiritual empowerment. So what is your own spiritual journey like? What does it look like? How does it integrate into your everyday life? So that was the intention behind the book. Um, I would have loved it to be more prescriptive, but my publisher would have liked it to be more narrative, (laughs) more of my personal narrative. So we, compromised and we mm-hmm. we I think did a pretty good job at creating a, a good combination of the two so I'm excited um for everybody to read it I'm I'm still in awe I can't believe that you know a little girl from East LA would grow up to be an author I just could have never seen that happen ever and um I'm I'm just I'm excited I hope people really enjoy it well I'm getting this book immediately um and also you have a podcast as well yes um that if you know we we can have add an addition to all of these things because I mean you you're just like you're like thriving right now and I love it I'm living for this looking from the outside Carly it looks like I'm living my best life it looks like you are you're living your best life (laughs) here's the funny part and and you guys will laugh at this because from the outside it really does look like this huge operation but it's still really like me and two other people (laughs) two other people one of them's my partner and the third is like one of my longtime students slash friends Tessa um but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 big on being very involved in in everything that I put out in the world, and that's great. And yeah, I just I love people so much, and I I just if there's an opportunity for me to connect with people, I'm gonna take it. So I'm like podcast, let's go on Instagram, let's do whatever, whatever it is. I'm I'm there. I'm living for it. Well, I think it's amazing because I feel like you know God, the universe gives us 
these gifts to share with everyone else and you're doing that which is like also fulfilling you at the same time as fulfilling us so I just I'm appreciative thank you that's so sweet you're welcome well thank you so much for being with us today if um people want to find you if they want to find your book your podcast your website where can where can they do this yeah you can just go to uh radicallylove.com and all of those links will be there uh most of the time social media i hang out on instagram it's at rosie acosta and uh, yeah feel free to message me uh i respond to everything because i enjoy talking to people so be careful Um, (laughs) that's that's it well thank you so much I'm so so thankful for you coming on yes I'm a fan thank you for sharing your story thank you thank you both too for everything that you're both doing I I just I'm so excited to be connected with both of you and I I love, like I said, listening to your your podcast, like I am just, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm excited to be here and I'm, I'm so grateful for you both and, and for your community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, like I said in the beginning, I felt like we were going to have really good vibes, um, today and mission accomplished. I just feel, I feel all of the good feels. I do too. I, I love that she shared um, very personally about like what really did get her into, um, her spirituality and her practice of yoga. And, um, I would love to have her back. I think it would be so great to have her on the podcast again. Um, just to kind of teach us more. I feel like we just kind of scratched the surface and a hundred percent. I could talk to her like all day. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the way she approaches it is really amazing because she doesn't make it religious, you know, it's kind of like for everybody. And so, Um, everyone can practice religion, whatever their religion is, and also practice spirituality, um, and, and being in touch with their inner selves. So I think it would be so much fun to, to kind of like do like a, a a reoccurring like feature with her. Yeah, me too. I think it would be really awesome, awesome to have her like, give us a little bit of a you know, even if it was like a five minute meditation or something. Yeah. And then everyone could just practice that while listening to the podcast. That'd be yes. really cool. Oh my gosh. Mostly I just want that for myself. Don't do that while driving. <laughs> Don't do that while driving. Pull over. Just pause pause that part. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or fast forward. It would be it really would be so healing though. I wonder if she does sound baths. Have you ever listened to a sound bath where they Is do Is that the, where like, they do you like the, bowls, the bowl like the thing? Oh, the yeah. bowl. Yeah. Oh, the bowl feels so good in your soul. <laughs> it's unbelievable, that bowl. Oh, man, we sound so crazy, and I love it. Um, well, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, this was such a cool um, episode, and I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited that we are just kind of branching into like new little places in um, in our womanhood to talk about. So thank you. And, um, if you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Uh, and we just, we would love to have more friends and, uh, and we're just happy. We're just happy you're here. We're happy you're here with us. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.